Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 250 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbardin, and who's spinning a ring with me tonight? Uh, that's going to be me, Dominic Jacoki, once again. Hello. Hi. I'm here. Welcome. Uh, Ian here, occasionally uh, write for thepixels.com and uh, resident Shadowheart superfan on Twitter. I should have put my stuff. I apologize. But, okay. Eh. I'm uh, Kyle Gorman, uh, first time on the show. Uh, I do uh, the uh, RPG show podcast on RPGshow.com. Uh, joined that about a year ago. And uh big JRPG fan, so glad to join on this one. I did not know that. I should have asked you that beforehand. <laughs> You're a fellow podcaster. <laughs> oh, and there will oh. be a link to your show in the in the show notes. All right. If you like four-hour podcasts on RPGs, join up. <laughs> oh, we've <laughs> done that. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, King of Heart. Good one. <laughs> so that that does happen. You have to send me a link. If I type an RPG show, I just get wigs, and I don't think that's what you're. you're... Yeah, let me. I'll find one and send it in the chat quick. Or I can't type. No, I can't type. Apparently, instead of RPG, I typed an RPH, and then I ended up ah. with freaking wigs, and I'm like, wait, this doesn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> so there will be a link to his podcast. And Dominic, where can people find you at? Oh yes, the Distant Ways podcast on YouTube. Uh, it's a big music podcast, not big. But my friends and I do it. It's a lot of fun. And I'm also on the Overboard Facebook group. I'm on Twitter at D-A-C-I-C-H-O-C-K-I. All that fun stuff. And we keep calling it Twitter. We keep calling it by the wrong name. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Mark. There are very few things I will dead name. Twitter is one of them. Same. I try never to do that to, to anything, but Twitter deserves it. So. Oh, funny joke for Twitter since before we got on the episode. Uh, I have noticed, like, so a lot of times I publish in different, you know, different social medias like Blue Sky Threads, Facebook. If I type it out, I can type the same exact thing. If I type it in Facebook, I copy and paste it and put it in Twitter, it will not post to Twitter sometimes. You have to, he must have something in there where if he catches you copy and pasting it, he won't post, it won't let it go through. Who knows? And that wasn't a thing before, because I did this for years before he bought the stupid frickin' Twitter. No issues, and all of a sudden, I started having issues. So, uh, I know where that came from. Hmm. <laughs> so, just one of the little things I've noticed, like, I have to literally type it in Twitter first, copy and paste it, and then put it in other places, otherwise it won't go, otherwise he'll reject it. It's like, I just, it always upsets me so much after he bought it. It was I, the worst uh, thing. Yeah, I have nothing to add about that topic. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You don't have to. I just, that's not even the topic we're here for. I just... I had to get on my little rant. So we are here to talk about Shadow Hearts, the first game that came out in PS2, developed by Sacknoth, published by Midway Games in North America, which yeah. I, I can't <laughs> get over how we are actually worldwide besides Japan. I can't get that's the thing. One of the things I remember about this game, and this came out in 2001, which is a sequel sort of to another game I've never played, Kodeka. But you need to play. <laughs> I'm going to. I think I'm going to for sure now. Which, you know, was released only like a year and a half before this. Mm-hmm. So, like, this this came pretty quickly. Like, this was the full sequel. Just a new name and new everything. Yeah. This is the first game I, I ever saw the series. I randomly came across this at a game, EB Games, I think, when I used to go. Because this must have been my first job. 2003, probably. And I remember just randomly finding this on a shelf that, oh, this looks cool. It's an RPG. And I just grabbed and I picked it up because it was probably, I think I paid it probably under 20 bucks knowing me. It's a really good deal. Yeah. I mean, it ain't it ain't cheap now. I can tell you that much. So I have the whole series, all three Shadow Hearts. I haven't played them in years, but I have all three. I did not play this legit. I can tell you that right now, but I played this on the Steam Deck. <laughs> oh, sweet. How did it run on Steam Deck? Perfectly. 
Well, okay, not perfectly. I take that back. For the most part, perfectly. Every so often during the judgment ring, it would like stall for point some seconds, and that could screw me up. But at the same time, I got. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Just like an extra modifier to make it harder. (laughs) I mean, it didn't happen a lot. And even when it did happen, my brain was able to comprehend and get it usually without issue. So it was like, a, I mean, cause the thing didn't stop. It just like would fl- it would like flicker for a second or, or a point some seconds. Oh, that sounds so frustrating. I mean, the last time I played it through, I played it on a back compatible PlayStation 3 and found many issues trying to play it on that. One of the main issues was the lottery minigame just did not work. So oh, weird. But yeah, it, it just absolutely just would not work. You know, just hang the game and you have to restart the whole thing, which is annoying because to complete it with all of the summons, you need a tissue at one point later on, which is the, oh God. You know, the booby prize from the lottery mini game. <laughs> but I was very lucky to get it as a random drop from a late game enemy so I could actually finish it. But if it was just the booby prize from the lottery game, I wouldn't have been able to complete the game on PS3. Wow. Okay. I knew the tissue was going to be important somewhere. I never used the tissue. <laughs> yeah, you you give it to one guy later on, I think in France or Prague, and uh, it helps one of the summons um, level up at some oh. point. But uh, without have tissue, to do it, you though. can't actually do that. You can't get to the super secret bosses, which is bizarre, really. I didn't do that either. So I, as I like to start out a lot of these shows, <laughs> after I get them, my rants on Twitter, <laughs> of memories. So as I said, I, I played this when this first came out, haven't touched it since then. Dominic, what is your history with this game? I remember when From the New World was coming out. I just remember that being like in like Game Informer and seeing reviews for that and being like, oh, cool, this RPG series. Oh, they're rated M. Oh, man. And, you know, being like a teenager at that time, that immediately appealed to me. So <laughs> I always had shut Shadow Hearts on the mind since then. I think I played from the New World for like five minutes at one point. So I'm like, I want to go back and uh, revisit all these. Well, once I finish Kingdom Hearts, I'll be more willing to try other series on this podcast. So fucking Kingdom Hearts. Okay. And Ian, what about you? I played Kodelka on the PlayStation 1. Absolutely adored it. And uh, when I bought Shadow Hearts, I had no idea that the two games were related until about 70% of the way through Shadow Hearts, where the character of Kadelka appears, and suddenly I'm leaping out of my chair, dropping my controller, shout, this is Kadelka too! I don't believe it! <laughs> so she didn't have a kid in, in Kadelka? No. Amazing. No, Kadelka's also pretty short, I think, too. Yeah, it's not the longest game in the world. It's four discs on the uh, PS1, but a lot of it oh, is wow. uh, FMV cutscenes. What's the time difference between the two games? A couple of years? A year, uh, year and a half, year, something like that? Yeah. 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 In-game, I think you can safely say it's about 11 years later, roughly. That's how old Haley is. However old Haley is, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's 1898 is Kodeka, and this takes place, I think it's 1911? 1913. Okay, it's right 13, before World War I. Yeah. yeah, which I I should know this as a World War One or World, I'm a World War Two buff. Well, they have that six month gap too. So yeah, good point. And Kyle, what is your history with this game? Playing it this time right now. That's pretty much my history with it. So <laughs> yeah. when it came out, I was more Final Fantasy X. I think was coming out around the same time. So I went that route instead. But I love, I really do like these kind of games, like Judgment Ring kind of stuff. So Legend of Dragoon, I grew up with Super Mario RPG, all the timed hits kind of stuff. So I think, you know, I probably gave it a look at GameStop way back in the day, but picked something else instead. 
I don't blame you one bit. I'm the only I think probably the only reason I can pick this up is back then in high school, I was trying to do a thing where I was trying to beat 100 RPGs before my friend did. Oh, so <laughs> it never happened. How did that go? Yeah, it, it, we didn't finish because I ended up way far ahead of him. And then he got pissed. And that was the end of that. <laughs> but <laughs> I I so I would buy just RPGs. That's all I would play because I was Hell one. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And two, I was trying to beat 100. I got the 50 something back then that we were keeping track of. Well, but then uh, we also got another friend involved and he's like, well, anything can be an RPG. And that wasn't what we were trying to go by. So then it just kind of yeah. fell apart. <laughs> I mean, that by now, I'm, I'm going to have done it by now. Like, you, I, I, so I don't play as many as I used to because of the podcast. I mean, like a game like this took me 30 hours. A ton of them. By now, yeah. probably, probably played a ton on this, on this show. I played a few. I'm working them in. I, I find ways. And especially with the Steam Deck where I, I, like, I played this game at an airport, on an airplane. I got about six hours in just from flying while I was traveling. So that was great. That's what I love about the Steam Deck. Like, you know, I'll play a PS2 game mobile. I mean, that is just so awesome to me. I didn't have save states, though. That did bug me because with, with the Steam Deck, you can't at least I can't figure out how to do save states on the Steam Deck for PS2. But that's fine. I didn't need it for this game. No, so for, for those that don't know, Shadow, uh, Shadow Hearts is a RPG that's set in the modern day world. But the modern day world has demons and monsters. Well, modern day as in 1911. Very Lovecraftian. Oh, yes. And I think that was also something that really grabbed me because I'm not used to a lot of RPGs that take place in that. I mean, most are fantasy. I mean, I know there are more of them. Like there's the Trails series, which is more modern era. I mean, I know not America, but more modern where this is just so this was just so brand new to me at the time where I'm coming from Final Fantasies and Saga Frontiers and, and stuff like that. Xeno Gears, Squaresoft. I wasn't expecting this. And I think that's what drew me, blew me away too, is that this was a game that was set in modern, you know, not modern day, but, you know, in America, you know, in a, in Europe, in our, in our world. And I think that really mm-hmm. just was crazy to me. Oh, definitely. That's something that drew me to it, knowing that, uh, especially when I first played Kadelka, knowing that it was set in uh, Wales, which, you know, only a couple of hours drive from where I am. I'm like, oh, it's, it's close to home. I, I like this. I like this. And then, of course, <laughs> Shadow Hearts being that journey all the way from um, East Asia all the way to uh, the UK where, and Wales again, where it finishes. I, I just love that. How accurate do you think it is? In terms of geography, pretty accurate. <laughs> in terms or of in the- history, no. <laughs> <laughs> Does it get the vibe of things at least? <laughs> I would say so. I think some of the places, at, although dark and of course there is a village full of cannibals which i'm not sure if there is around there but uh, who knows one of the things that uh, always resonated with me and it, it was a quote from the second game from covenant where someone said you don't want to go to wales it's full of monsters and weirdos and uh, i'm sat here thinking mm, not quite but okay <laughs> there that's funny though no i, I do a- love the uh, I do love the map of it and everything, and particularly the fact that it's a journey. And that's something that I've always liked in RPGs. Same. I, I love the fact that it's like you're traveling across the world. Like you start, this starts off, you in, you're in China, right? Oh, yeah. Beginning is all China. Yeah. Because you just, you just wake up as your character who's on a train. The rude reason. Hmm? Yeah. I, I like, I mean, God, this game is very 2001 at first, but like you just, <laughs> you know, you're just some random guy. You don't even get a name. You're just like, like Thomas said, rude hero. And then you just end up rescuing a girl from a weird guy in a top hat named Roger Bacon on a train. The greatest name ever. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking weird to me. I'm just like, what the fuck? I remember thinking that when I first played this, I'm like, what am I playing? <laughs> 
I just remember first hearing the name Roger Bacon and thinking that's a euphemism for something, but I'm way too naive to figure out what. Well, it's one of those things where that like Roger Bacon was a real person at one time, so yeah. it's just like yeah, he just lived forever. And are we talking spoilers, by the way? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Will there be spoilers for this game that came out two thousand one? So you've been warned. There you go. That's all right, as long as we can mention that it's, he's not actually Roger Bacon. Yeah. yeah, and I and you must have known that right away because you played Codeca with Roger Bacon's in Codeca. I saw. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that at first that uh, they were kind of taking liberties, and like I say, at the time I didn't even realize the two games were related. I just thought, oh, that's coincidental. These Japanese people really love Roger Bacon for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a euphemism there, and I'm not going there. It's just so weird that that was his name. I mean, I just remember always thinking that, like, why would you call your villain, like, last name Bacon? I was just, because, I mean, like, early, I mean, you can tell that's going to be the villain. He tries to capture the girl. You hit him in the face. They have weird music playing. And But, like, the thing that really that makes this game really stand apart is it has the whole judgment ring system, which in the battle system, you have you have a ring that shows up for every everything you do, all your attacks, all your items, all your spells. And it's a little bit different depending on what you're doing. You have to time X right and to make things happen. And if you are more willing to gamble, you can then do more damage if you wait to the last second to hit the button, which I do not. I absolutely adore the Judgment Ring system. I think it's just so it's just so unique to this. But in the same way, it just harkens back to kind of, you know, D&D. Every single decision you make is on a dice roll, whether it succeeds or fails. It's just a alternate version of that. But I do love the risk and reward of going for that last little part of the cheese wedge and uh, being able to put those modifiers on to make that little section a little bit wider if you uh, are missing every time. I love it. <laughs> I do, too. It's, yeah, it's, really, very, do, it's very cool. I do commonly like it in games, but I felt, and I played this on my PC through Steam as well, through a controller, so maybe I was a little, and maybe my hardware isn't up to date, but I had a tougher time than I thought with some of the Judgment Ring stuff, honestly. Like, I would save state some of the boss fights just to make sure I could get full damage. <laughs> No, it's not easy. Like, this is not that easy of an RPG. And, I mean, with us both playing emulation, I think we both probably had a little bit of, like, every thought, there's a little bit of, like, it's not as good as it would be if you're playing it on legit hardware. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I think that played a part in it, too, for both of us. Yeah, I was going to ask. I played this guys, on, is, uh, yeah, is that legitimate? I played this on PS2. I really did not find it to be that difficult of a game. But you probably didn't like, have any, like, slow down during the Judgment Ring. No, I didn't. I did. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't mean to sound facetious or like, oh, this is like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking great at games or whatever. But like, <laughs> I, I this was like a really perfectly like, I don't know, like metered difficulty where like I could die. I could have a little bit of difficulty with like boss battles, but nothing was ever so insurmountable that I'm like, fuck this. Oh, yeah. Or, like, I, I am so burdened. That's yeah, a good point. Totally agree. It's there's no part at any point during Shadow Hearts to my opinion anyway where the difficulty just ramps up so completely out of nowhere i'm obviously thinking of a lot of rpgs where there's these there's always the one boss that everyone says oh level up before you get to that guy but there isn't a single one in shadow hearts to my recollection no i was also fully leveled just because well it's me (laughs) (laughs) i started grinding in this game a lot and it was just because I just felt that I needed to. I just really wanted to grind, so that is what I did for a while. Yeah, it maybe just helps one or two of the bosses when you get the right summon. Like, Lily, if you have the uh, Holy Summon right away is a bit easier, but it's still doable without. 
Oh, I have a, a dumb dumb moment that I have to share now that you brought that up. So <laughs> the summons. Well, in this game, you have summons you can get as you do more battles. You earn different elements, and then eventually you're able to go into like this graveyard area and save points. It's in the menu, and then you go and you fight bosses, or you can fight. Yeah, you can fight your bosses that end up becoming more summoned. For some reason, <laughs> I did not understand this concept, and I never did it. I didn't do it to the end of the game. Oh, I used the same oh. summon until near the end of the oh. game. Oh, which one? Gosh. The Dark Emperor thing. Oh, yeah. I just used that because I, I did not know how to do it. I'm like, man, I should get more summons by now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, see that idea of going to the graveyard in your mind and upgrading things there. I, I love that as well. I thought that was nice and just a really refreshing, dark take on, you know, a character's psyche at the time and getting to upgrade through that. I think it's just so beautifully Halloween in a way. It Despite is. the fact the game came out in the summer, I think. <laughs> yeah, but that's why we're covering it now in, in spooky season. Because hmm. 250 fell on during my Spooktober event, so I'm like, well, I guess it's going to be a spooky episode. A spooky RPG. Yeah, which, <laughs> unfortunately, 300 is supposed to be Xenogears, but 300 does not fall. It falls in spooky time, so Xenogears will be before that, and I've changed it for something else, 300. But in in, in a year, you can see, you'll see if I, you'll see that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited for Xenogears. <laughs> I, I for a while I thought you had to beat the fox demon when you fight him randomly, and that was how you got more oh, summons. God. And I, I could never beat that. him. I tried and I tried, and I'm like, I just cannot beat this guy. What am I doing wrong? Can you beat uh, him even? Eventually, yes. Okay, but you're not supposed to be able to beat him in those random fights when you first fight him, no. are you? No, you're when supposed you're... to go to the graveyard and purge your mouth. Yeah. Make sure that Foxface doesn't come out and uh, harass you. So did the game tell you that? Well, you, you yes, ever see those uh, those colors come on screen at different points after you uh, yeah. fight enough enemies? When it gets to red, that's when Foxface comes on screen. Okay, I remembered that part, but I couldn't remember that I was supposed to go to the graveyard and and do stuff there. I remembered the graveyard from when I played this game before, but for some reason, I never clicked on that menu in the in the menu bar. I think it tells it to you the first time you go to the graveyard, but I think you have to... I can't remember now whether actually going to the graveyard is scripted or whether it's something that if you click on it in the menu, it you know happens. The first time it's scripted. I think it is scripted, but there is like a really deep FAQ section of the menu that explains mm -hmm. all this stuff in way more detail than the game will ever give you, it just randomly. That sounds about right. Wait, so did you never go to the graveyard? No. Wow, you were playing on super hard mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't go. Uh, I, I, the, it, I did it, but it was it was near the end. I want to say I met Roger Bacon first when I went, wait a second. I really should have gotten summons by now. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I got I, Roger I, Bacon. I, I fought the mask. I beat the mask when they would randomly start showing up near the end of the game, which is how you unlock the best ending, which I did not do correctly. And I was like, I really should have more summons. And I went in the menu, clicked on graveyard, went, oh, yeah. Oops. So <laughs> I just my, my I thought that the fox face guy would be every enemy you fought at that, that point. I know uh, it's just the red. You fight him a lot. So I had to run from like maybe one out of three fights. I don't think you could run from him, okay. could you? Mm -hmm. You can just run wild. Even tells you you can run if you want to. And <laughs> but it it's the wrong way to play this game. You should. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you should not fight. And him. yet you still beat it relatively quickly. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I level a lot too, by the way. Impressive. Well, now I can understand why. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem to matter as much that I had the Death Emperor for Yuri because there were even time where I just wouldn't even use Yuri. I would just because it's the way I play RPGs. I don't use abilities as much. Like I in this game, I, I would do a lot of physical attacks. I would do more abilities because I had to do spells. I didn't have a choice. The game kind of would force me to, because if I didn't, there's no way I would have gotten through stuff. But I try to use just regular attacks as much as I can in any RPG. I do the um, same. And yeah, uh, just same. purely out of interest, what's uh, everyone's uh, party of choice? Because mine was, for most of the game anyway, Yuri, Alice, and uh, Margaret. I yeah. am Yuri, mm. Alice, and Keith. Nice. Yeah, it was Yuri, Alice, Keith, and then uh, Hallie came along, so I did Yuri, Alice, Hallie at the end. Yeah, Hallie's got some fantastic, uh, strong attacks. Yeah, I'm on Ian's side here See, I, with uh, Marguerite as well. Yes! Okay! I did I did this interesting system of having Hallie and Alice constantly healing each other and the party throughout the final boss fight, yeah. so just like an infinite chain of just like okay it's your turn to heal you're getting this buff you're getting this item then you're healing and then we have one attack happening i think from that's, yeah, that's I think enough the first time i played it that was my final team was yuri alice and hallie but i do like margaret she's uh she holds a special place in my heart but uh it's she's it's a shame fast. to miss out uh master Zhushan as well because uh i pointed this out to a friend of mine when he does his three regular attacks when you do the bang 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 on the judgment ring listen out to uh, his shouts because i know they're meant to be some kind of shouts of just i hate something like that but the third one honestly sounds like he's shouting you're an asshole it does <laughs> i didn't notice I, that i played this game mostly muted music for two hours i had to mute mine too <laughs> oh, I, I i played a lot of games muted at a time i'm I'm gotten better about having sound on but for something like this i would just mute it a lot just because i was playing on a steam deck so i was constantly playing in different areas mm. and plus I had, I had podcasts running half the, most of the time when i played this game so yeah i i do the same now when i'm leveling up on a game i usually uh, mute the sound and put one of my favorite pos- podcasts on like Change my mom found, but um, <laughs> there's plenty of to keep you busy. So I mean, it, it just helps me for this. I mean, so I do want to talk. We should talk a little about the character. So you start off the main character is Yuri, who he has the ability to fusion, turn into like different demon monsters if you decide to play the game correctly and go get them. Unlike me, you also have Alice, who is a pre, who's a priest daughter, who her father was killed. The Japanese government is after her, and she's kind of like your white mage, pretty yeah. much. The is the third character you get Zuzan or joined you yeah. for a little bit? Yeah, yes. He's an old Chinese man, I think it was. Or he's an exorcist guy. Yes. And so was Alice and her father. Oh yeah, they were exorcists too. Everyone's an exorcist. <laughs> and that's he, a bad name. He's kind of like a fire. He's fire element. I think is the is the safe way to put. It. He has a fire spell that doesn't really yeah, matter. He gets but called a fire adept, I think. Okay. Alice is holy, Yuri is dark, and then you get Marguerite, which is a French spy who uses a gun, which, again, a gun in an RPG is not something I'm used to seeing at this time in 2001. <laughs> she calls in grenades. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she's the best. And she's, she's a spy who joins you. Who is that? And then is, is uh, it Keith. not... Into, Keith. Okay, Keith is a vampire who you find in his castle that wears a purple suit. <laughs> Keith Valentine, the last name of every vampire in every RPG ever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why it's Valentine. That just seems odd to me. They went that road because Vincent. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. But I'm just surprised they went down the road because Seven wasn't that that long before this. Isn't Seven ninety seven? 
Yeah. Uh, yes, but this also could be a this could be a midway thing. True. I don't know if that's if it's fully one to one Japanese or not. Probably not. Midway is again. It was so fucking weird to see a midway published RPG. It's just weird to see a midway game now. Like, oh yeah, I remember you guys used to exist. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there's Hallie. The orphan of Kodeka, which you don't find out till the end, near the end of the game, and uses a same shot to fight. A street rat. Yeah. He only steals what he can't afford, and that's everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the Robin Hood of the game. I, and you find him in London. I like him. I, I was going to use him to, to finish the game, but then I just ended up going with... Keith is the second most powerful character for damage-wise, so I just went with him. Yeah, I think um, it is supposedly, according to the law, that um, Halley is the son of Kadelka and Edward from the original PS1 game. Uh, it is mentioned in the outro, in the epilogue, the where are they now bit, that uh, at the end Kadelka and Halley are heading to America to try and find Halley's father. Unfortunately, they didn't turn up in From the New World, which is a real shame. Kind of a missed opportunity there, I think, to tie them all together. That's sad. Yeah. Didn't do that. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't remember any of this. I mean, I played from the New World, but God, has it been years, and I don't even remember any of how they connect. I just remember Covenant is a direct sequel to this, where from the New World wasn't, and I was upset. Yeah, I could uh, wax lyrical for hours about how uh, Covenant follows on and how both endings to Shadow Hearts are canon. I could go into that if you wish, but I don't want to bore you. <laughs> I, 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 I have heard about it, yes. <laughs> we do, yeah, yeah yes, gladly, but... I mean, so one thing I think that's so interesting about this adventure is that so many different things happen to our characters, and it, it kind of reminds me of FF10, like we said, where it really is feel like a journey, except this is a journey where you can actually backtrack and do other things. Like, because you, you start off in China, and then you go through China while you're being chased by the Japanese government, which, again, makes sense that they're in China in, in 1913. I'm like, that is accurate. This is correct. Mm-hmm. This is leading up to World War One when they do atrocities, and this is why there's a long point of history where Chinese hate Japan. And this is why. And stuff that happens in 1913. And it was just very cool to see that. And like you have a one of the first places you go to is a village full of cannibals. I really like that stuff. <laughs> I mean they're not cannibals, they're demons. You, you think they're cannibals, you find out they're demons. I, I just liked that. I just thought it was just so cool how they did it. Yeah, it was nicely worked in. Uh, I, again, I love the disconnect between the two halves of the game as well. The uh, Asia half and the Europe half, but if you miss a key item in Asia, you ain't getting it. Hey, you know, yeah. back because for a while you also don't have free roam either. Like you just have to go to the next area, the next area, the next area. Which again, fits. You're trying to escape. At one point, you take a boat. At one point, you fly a, a messed up plane. Like you're just trying to escape from the military. My favorite quote from the entire game comes from that section where you're flying the plane and it's on fire and it's going down. And Margaret says, "Now come on, this is no time for uh, for." casual discourse on somniloquy and i'm like just, just say sleep talking your plane's going down <laughs> yeah i, I like marguerite oh, she's just, great especially when we're talking about alternate history because she is based on a real historical figure as well the uh, spy matahari oh i did not okay i know who matahari is by the way she yeah. was murdered she was executed but that's I just, cool this this yeah. game has a little bit of that um that ambition of like the PS1, PS2 era that I've kind of mm-hmm. talked about before with like Kingdom Hearts 2 and stuff where it's like the things that happen in Shadow Hearts would be very difficult to do in any later generation I feel like where yeah you have that whole airplane scene you have like the bombing of the city you have where in Shanghai gets decimated 
I feel like a lot of that stuff would be so much harder if there was like a, like an HD PS3, PS4 game to like commit to in that same way. It's a really good point. Yeah. Or just to do it. I mean, they might have not done it where you blow up a whole or your whole a whole city is destroyed. But yeah, it would have right. been hard. And, and, and that's the kind of the, that's kind of the sad thing. Like the, like the ambition of a lot of these games now is limited by we have to do it in HD. We have to do it with these 4K graphics and it has to be really you know intricate and complex. We're here. It's just like, well, you know, we'll, we'll do our best. And this game also uses pre-rendered backgrounds, too, which is beautiful. I did, yeah. did not put two and two together until I was watching the video. I explained that. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it works. Yeah, I love pre-rendered backgrounds. They're all just so pretty. I do, too, for the most part. Well, it's got the camera angle, so it makes sense. Yeah, the game still looks good. I mean, I know one of the complaints was like, oh, this is kind of like a PS1 game. Eh, it doesn't. It's just not. This is what early PS2 2001. Yeah, yeah, it's so. just not as developed as Final Fantasy X. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. I mean, this wasn't going to make the money that Final Fantasy X made, so they didn't need to spend that kind of money. Yeah, I kind of get the feeling that this was in development for the PS1. I don't know that for certain, but uh, I just get it's the impossible. feeling they were. Yeah, that they pushed it onto the PS2 for you know reasons. It's just unfortunate that it came out around the same time ish as uh, Final Fantasy X. I think. Uh, Obviously, we got Shadow Hearts a year later over here, and uh, so it was kind of in FF10's shadow for, hmm, pun not intended, for a lot of the time. And uh, then, of course, Covenant was just a reaction to Ten. Okay. I mean, I can see that. I mean, Ten was such a big game when that came out. Mm. But I'm okay with a game not being as pretty as another game. Like, that's fine. Like, that idea that we were also very much into in PS2 as a, as a general console gamer, where you know, we need the next best thing, the next best graphics. I remember playing this, and, and I had no problem with this game. I thought this game was pretty enough. Like, it does a decent enough job with it. It does, yeah. I wholeheartedly subscribe to the idea that developers should make less intensive games for less money for more profit. And I would also buy a new PS2 game any day of the week if, if it looked any good. And like, I, I have that no... later part is happening, by the way, because the, the, the video games are, are not doing good because they're spending too much fucking money. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do not see the need to constantly have everything meet the same standard of, like, everything has to be 4K, you know, 120 frames per second, like, enabled or whatever. Like, we, we need things to have a range and a variety of prices, a variety of, like, budgets so that different experiences can be had. Exactly, and that's why I'm hoping that um, Sea of Stars is selling well at the moment, because I love that game. And it's, that's a great you know, game. it could well play on a SNES. Exactly. Yeah, and Chained really Echoes, well. too. And like mm-hmm. the Switch is the only place where we have anything that can be a little bit cheaper, I feel like, than the PS5 or the Series X and like PC, of course, too. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I I think we are going to see a change in gaming in the next few years just because AAA is just not working for people. So it's I coming. So, I mean, if any of you guys played uh, a game called Le Grand Legacy on the Switch or PS4 or I think PC, I've never heard, heard of it, but now it's um heavily inspired by shadow hearts pre-rendered backgrounds judgment ring combat oh I'm hoping to see more like that and okay. by the way it's in my steam library i don't know how but it's in my steam library <laughs> oh cool i just magicked it there for you mike <laughs> this is why i buy tons and tons of fanatical bundles because you <laughs> never know what weird shit you're gonna get mm. <laughs> that somebody will go i'm like okay you have my attention now sir <laughs> hey, Legrand legacy tale of the fate bound that's the one yeah yeah, that came out in 2018. All right, let's. Uh, we'll have to maybe maybe have to look at this. 
Definitely. It's uh, <laughs> one that when I play it, I'm thinking, oh, this is the game that I would make if I made a game right now. Okay. Well, you have my attention, sir. Thank you. I don't know <laughs> if I'll get around to it because I'm too damn busy, but you have my attention. <laughs> I'm just happy I own it. I'm like, oh, wish list, I'll wish list it. I'm like, oh, all right, oh, around 62 hours to beat. Yeah, that won't be anytime soon. All right. <laughs> so That's never nothing. mind that okay. idea. That's nothing. <laughs> it, it, it is when you have to beat a game every week. Yeah. Oh, tough. That's why when I do RPGs, I, I split them up. That's why I played this in an airport and was happy that I got like ten. I got like six hours in flying and like another couple hours in when I was on vacation. I was very happy because I started this game weeks ahead of time to be prepared to get this done. I, I also want to say I never got bored of the combat. I never got bored of the story. As the game progressed and as you travel, like your the first half of this game is all you trying to get to Shanghai and take out this boss who I think was was he the guy that killed Alice's father. Or that was no, no. The guy at the end of Shanghai yeah. was uh, the sorcerer. Do I? Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Albert Simon. You know, when he's not calling himself Roger Bacon, uh, and possibly with the assistance of Arcane Olga, who killed uh, okay. Father Elliot. But I yes. could be wrong. On that. No, I think that, you're that, right. that, that sounds correct. Yeah. You just he was, but he's also trying to capture Alice because he wants to use Alice to summon some demon god to come and destroy the world too. And it yes. feels like that could have been the whole game right there. Mm. I mean, I'm glad it isn't because there's so much more to this game, but I feel like it it's a good halfway point, too. Like, it really is. Like, I mean, just everything leading up to it, you're trying to get to Shanghai, you you get to run around this big city, you find out that your father fought this guy and, di- and died and saved the world all these years ago. And it's just a very, very cool culminating event. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that Shadow Hearts does well is... Uh a nice neat halfway point because Covenant obviously has that when you go from Europe to uh, Asia at the halfway point and switch the discs and from the new world when you go from North America to South America you've got that clear divide between the first act and the second act I don't remember any of what you're saying by the way that's cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah honestly the game's really well paced I feel like the first village was a little tough time wise because I grinded a lot there just to get up to maybe level four or five but everything else was really it, it streamed very well I don't think you need to grind a whole lot I mean I did you know just as I already said but I don't I didn't need to it was more of just like I don't want to continue the story and I want to play this game while I'm doing other things so I would just grind yeah you don't have to but I had to get used to the rank oh, so okay. I took a long time to do that that makes sense. It, it's definitely a different combat system. It's like if I ever go back and play Legend of Dragoon again, whew, there'll be a lot of save states. So, <laughs> I think it's weird because I, I can still do Dragoon perfectly, but doing this was just a different realm for me on the uh, on the PC. Oh, fun fact that nobody asked for, but when I was a kid, I was in Taekwondo, or not kid, in high school when I played Legend of Dragoon, and I could do the volcano thing that he did. I, 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 went, and I, I went and did one of those in like a contest. The guy's like, oh, you're doing really good. I was just doing freaking darts moves. Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> nice. It worked. He's like, you got, you like, you got. I'm like, yeah, weird. <laughs> but okay. I don't know if I'll ever play that game on the show. I know people would probably want me to, but I don't know if I want to. Mm. One of those games, I don't know if I want to go back to ever. Yeah. I bought it on PS4 when they re-released it a couple of months back, but I just haven't got around to it. It's a game, from what I remember. It's a. I just, you know, I'm okay with the judging ring, but I don't know because you know it's not like I really had to learn different combos or learn things. I mean, the timing just. The only time the Judge Ring was an issue was trying to get Yuri's ultimate weapon, but I'm fine with that. For the most part, it never really gave me that many issues. It didn't ever, like, make me lose a battle too often. Maybe once or twice where I fucked up at a key point, but for the most yeah. part, I was fine. Oh, was the ultimate weapon doing the ten loops of the ring? Yep, where it gets faster and faster and faster. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
all Couldn't I could think of when I was doing that is at least I'm not jumping rope in Final Fantasy IX. Or dodging lightning <laughs> bolts 200 times in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. Dominic, did you try it? Oh, no. Not at all. <laughs> I tried it. I tried I, it. I, I, I... I could uh, I, I I was able to get the uh, bargain system for the shops consistently, but the lottery stuff was difficult. The uh, anything else seemed more di- like especially when you had to like open a door or something. Yeah. I just that that just got way harder. I feel like I I did all right in most of the things. I just couldn't handle that damn tent was just too much. I did it eventually, but it did take some time. <laughs> and it is one way you jump out of your seat and go yes. Oh, I can see that. I mean, I just could not get the timing down. I'm, I mean, I would do it, get faster and faster, and I think I would have it, and then I would just go too fast. I don't know. I was like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, I think it was that point in the game when, uh, I think it was when my brother came over and started seeing me doing this thing. What are you trying to do there? So I explained it to him. We both had a go. We kept passing the controller back and forth. And uh, once we actually got there, he actually said, I'm going out and buy this game. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Sackoth appreciated it. <laughs> that's uh, that's that cool. w- worth mentioning too that uh, Sackoth or Nautilus, as they became, they were part of that uh, generation of companies that split off from Square. Yeah. Oh yeah. That you had like uh, Monolith Soft, you had Sackoth, you had Mistwalker, all those companies that went on to make like Xenosaga or Lost Odyssey or Shadow Hearts. It's <laughs> yeah, really cool. Lost Odyssey. Lost Odyssey is uh, an amazing but, game, by the way. I need to play that. I've played up until the start of the second disc, and I got a new character in the party, and I thought, oh, great. I went into the menu, and it said, level one. I'm like, yeah, I'm turning this off for a yep. while. That's <laughs> the game. But so that I is a fan- one of those that, I need to play. That's Final, that should have been, well, it wasn't maybe the same company, but that's Final Fantasy XIII, in my opinion. That's, 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 that's caliber of that game, hmm. is what you would have considered, what would have been a Final Fantasy had, you know, <laughs> and I think it's worth mentioning that, uh, you know, the people that worked on Shadow Hearts as well, particularly Yasunori Mitsuda doing the music. You oh, know, yes. I yes, know yes. we say about playing games on mute, but that ending boss theme for the final boss with the church bells and all the orchestration is so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, Mitsuda is my favorite composer. I was automatically interested in this game when I saw that he was listed. <laughs> so I'm very happy that he was getting more work. I mean, that's oh, why I did Graffiti Kingdom for this show. I was like, oh, he did the soundtrack. Oh, shit. He also, I did not know this, but he had one of the best ever freaking... He worked in Chrono Trigger. Yes. Sound effects. The, 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 the score, yes. Let's see I that. did yeah, not absolutely. know that. I think we talked about it during that episode. We We might have, but I did not realize that, you know, he was involved with part of this, so... Yes. I didn't realize and, uh, the guy that worked in Chrono Trigger also worked on this game. Like that, that surprised me a lot when I found that out. It's like, oh, he made Rubble talking. He made this sound effect. I'm like, ah. Yeah, the same with Indivisible on the PS4. Um, on the back of the box, it's got one of those, you know, splash things, and it just says music by Yasunori Mitsuda, who made the music for Kudelka. And I'm, like, I'm buying this. <laughs> <laughs> we should play. Um... Sugunai Atonement, another PS2 RPG from this era that he did the soundtrack for, like, exclusively. Did he do that? Yes. I literally just bought a copy of that a couple of months back, because that's a game that never came out over here in PAL regions, and I absolutely love RPGs from NTSC that we didn't get, so when I saw a copy, I was like, oh, definitely gotta have that. I haven't got around to playing it yet, but again, if Mitsuda's involved, I'm there. What's it called? Sugunai Atonement. T-S-U-G-U-N-A-I. 
which never heard of this either. This is a game that I was at my local game stop. You know, like this was like 2012 when there was like a handful of PS2 games left and that nobody was buying. And I'm like, well, I guess I got to be the one. Dare I ask how much you bought it for? 20 bucks. <gasps> okay, it was that news. Works anymore. That's just hurt me deeply because I paid a lot of money for my copy. <laughs> It was. It was. I bought that. I bought. They had a. They had a pump it up exceed bundle that was sitting there for a long time. I also bought that same time. Well, because we didn't appreciate RPGs at that time. I, I want to say too. I feel like in the PS2 era, like Shadow Hearts probably ended up having the same effect. It just wasn't appreciated enough for what it is because it wasn't your big bombastic game. And I'm. Su- I'm assuming this Tsugi Atonement wasn't the same either. Yeah, it's. It's a little bit of a. From what little I played, I never really played that much into it. I'd like to, but it was more of the kind of the cheap, not cheaper, but not Final Fantasy X level of yeah. like mm. investment. It's a, it's a Sony uh, published game in Japan, uh, but definitely more of that mid range RPG with like a really nice Celtic aesthetic. And oh yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It, it looks a lot like Shadow Hearts, by the way, like the same type of graphics. Yeah. So just kind of like it's not. Yeah, I, this I can see this not selling great in 2001. You know, because you, if you have freaking Final Fantasy X, you're gonna want Final Fantasy X. You're not gonna want this. I mean, it's Atlas published in North America, so it's like you know, it's it's in line with Evergrace and <laughs> Eternal Ring. I beat Eternal Ring. Thank you very much. Back in early 2000, I actually wanted to beat that game. I I, I have quite a fondness. For that game for some reason. I, I remember my friends making fun of me so much. I actually beat that too. I mean, that's a, that's a from game. Don't know that's, why. That's a that's a Kingfield lineage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did not know that. I just remember I had it because it was five bucks for PS2, and I was like, well, I have I have five dollars, and I have a new PS2 game to play and beat. So. <laughs> but uh, some of the other areas similar. that I want to talk about in this game, like, wait, is it Europe? Oh yeah, this is okay. So anything for the China stuff, you mainly you go to Shanghai, you fight the guy. Yuri disappears then for six months because he sacrifices himself pretty much to stop the demon from coming. Or he tries to fuse with the demon, I think, right? Something? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then the game picks up six months later. You play as Alice and Susan are being exorcists. And then now you're then you're in Europe for the first time. And then you stay in Europe the rest of this game. That's right, yeah. And I guess the Japanese army isn't chasing you anymore. That's all over they, with. They kind of are, but kind of not. Well, the general gets killed. The one that, not general, but the current, whoever you were work, who you were working against and joins you, she gets murdered at this point, or at some point, you find out she no, gets murdered. No, it's at the very end of the game where you, when you go back around to oh, yeah, and you get, get the, letter. the items. And then they, like, you, you, you can just find out, and it's like, holy shit. Like, they go into the whole cutscene of her assassination. It's wild. Yeah, and that's not even part of the main storyline, is it? It's just one no. of those you have to seek out if you want to find it, which, when you think about it, that is one of the main story beats for Covenant. Oh, is it? Oh, yes, absolutely. Ooh, so I'm if you miss that playthrough of Shadow Hearts 1, there's some serious stuff going down around that. Covenant is, when I remember when I played Covenant, I was like blown away how good of an RPG that game was. So that is uh, possibly my favorite turn-based RPG of all time. So let's, it, it will happen on the show. Okay, I can already tell you that. Right, I just don't know when because I <laughs> next year is already pretty much dedicated to Kingdom Hearts and finishing that mm. fucking series and a few other <laughs> things. So we'll see, but it, it'll it'll probably be a couple years. It'll happen. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you act like the burden, Mike. You know you want it. <laughs> oh, that's the problem. I do want. It. I can't stop <laughs> fucking Kingdom Hearts. Just 
oh, you've been like example. You've been talking about in the chat in, our, in one of the other chats that we have, and I'm just like, man, I need to play Birth by Sleep. That's not till December's list. I got to play this, 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 this. <laughs> Guys, I needed to get it out of my system, so I I already finished Birth by Sleep. <laughs> I have many other things I have to do first, but no, I mean that's just yeah. It's not a Although, if, I just do you really if you want my if you want my opinion briefly, I think I like Shadow Hearts more than Birth by Sleep. Okay, that's could be high standards. I have no idea. I'm playing Birth by Sleep, <laughs> but. Shadow Heart just is it's just such a good story and it, and it keeps like invested. Like when you finally get to the part with Alice, it's best when you meet Keith Valentine and you get the vampire, and then you find Yuri just in a cell, just losing his mind after you know fusing with this demon. And the fact that like in the story, pretty much Alice goes into his goes into the dark side of his brain and pretty much says, I will sacrifice myself to save this man. Again, and, one of the most important plot points right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because and, they're in love or something. Yeah. Oh, one thing that we... I mean, I, I mean, again, trauma can bo- will bond people. Even though and, he was a lecherous creep to her in the beginning. <laughs> well, she was unconscious when he was a lecherous creep. So that makes it right, right? <laughs> Fucking I, I don't like that. I'm glad they go away from it very yes. quickly, but yes. it's very 2001, and it's probably They go very... away from that, but they have the acupuncture guy all the way through. Oh, yeah, yeah that's like feeling... Yeah... Yeah, it sticks around a little bit, but not as bad as the first four hours of the game. No, but it's, I forgot what the act point, but yeah, you can kind of tell where he's like, yeah, finally the men and they don't like it. And it's just like, why is this like, why is this here? (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's 2001. This is a Japanese game. So, I mean, maybe that's part of it. Like they were going for a humor thing that is lost on me now. I mean, maybe in 2001, I would have found it funny because I was a dumbass in 2001. (laughs) It's Possible. the idea of just silly comedy that sneaks in and takes the bite out of all the real dark gothic atmosphere that I really appreciate, whether it's, you know, like the guy you were just talking about or whether it's the Man Festival in Covenant, you know, something that's just <laughs> so You silly. do need that balance. You absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I would have liked maybe to see more adventures of Zuzan and Alice as the Exorcist because that seems like a really yeah. fun plot point that got glossed that over. Was. You know, see what they were doing so for those cool. six months in in between. Yeah, you just see, see the that'd one. be a, that'd be perfect for like a GBA RPG at the same time of like <laughs> Shadowhearts, the Lost Chapter, or something like that. You've been playing too much yeah, Kingdom just Hearts. Just Alice there. and Jushen going ghost busting. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <sighs> You're asking for Kingdom Hearts RPGs there, where you have spinoffs and spinoffs and other systems that actually connect to the main story, and they're all part of the same game. I've still well, only played in, in, in a landscape where there are different uh, different platforms with different budget expectations. It makes sense. Yes. <laughs> but Sacknoth is not square. Even though they were one of the uh, premier Neo Geo Pocket color developers. Sacknoth was? Yes, they did a couple. Wow. That's a system I have not touched much in my life. Which I also explains why SNK published uh, Kadelka. Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay, that does make sense then. Put things together and made sense. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually this game ends up in London because, like, the whole second half, you're kind of trying to find Alice's murder, uh, the murder of her father, and elite. you end up find. I think that's when you find out that. The guy you thought was Roger Bacon is actually Albert Simon. You have this Olga woman who was like an assassin for him that you have to fight multiple times where you finally kill her. Uh, you have you go to London, you meet up with Haley. This is when you find out at some point you find out that Kodeka is his mother and that because yeah, you go to a mental asylum at one point. I think that's when you find Kodeka. Yep. yep. I mean, and that's and that's how you find out the games are connected because <laughs> it's and Kodeka. That's the moment I lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like, it's like I can imagine too being if you're a fan of Kadelka, like she is fucked up by that point in the game. Oh yeah, like catatonic, 
like in like a straight jacket or whatever. Like she can she can't even really communicate with her own son. And it's a very like intense scene. Like this yeah. game is a v- surprisingly intense at points for its subject matter, which, you know, it has the immature rating and all that. So it makes sense. But it's it's rare to see an RPG go for it sometimes like this game does. You yeah. only really see it with like Shin Megami games, I feel like, or Persona games, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't. I haven't played enough of those like, to really speak I mean, to it. I just. I mean, like, Xenosaga definitely designs. went for it. <laughs> Which one? Xenosaga definitely had points where they went for it. Oh, I re- we're playing that, by the way, once you finish <laughs> going through those three. But I have not played that. I can't speak to that, unfortunately. Uh, that's a series that they, they censored a couple different ways in the North American releases, and I think they made it worse by doing it. Okay. Oh, they made I, it even worse over in the PAL regions because they just chose not to release games one or three. Oh, <laughs> yes, they, they they decided to to push two, the one that is shorter in the middle chapter. Why would you? You can't have them. That's just weird as fuck. Yep. Because isn't that <laughs> game a complete story through one through three? Like it's not like yes. a okay. <laughs> I only so two, is they, two is they recast everybody. They redid the art design to make it more palatable, and it's like here it's in the PAL regions now. Oh, okay, great. It didn't sell well. With a free DVD that recaps the story from game one. <laughs> I, get you I think it's like five hours. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have a DVD. It's like five hours long. Yep. <laughs> this is before the times of YouTube. Another yeah. dark thing you you do in this game, you also go to an orphanage that's full of like, demons eating kids, I guess, or something. <laughs> this is a dark-ass yeah, RPG. Mm-hmm. Well, the, kid, the children are being kidnapped. Yeah. It's just... Oh, and then and when like, you go there later... You end up like there's kids that are living there because you already because you killed the demons. <laughs> Not a regular orphanage or something. Yeah, such a good little section of the game as well. And it's you've actually just reminded me that the voice that Yuri's hearing in his head all the way through the first half oh, yeah. was Pinocchio. I forgot about that. Yeah, because he hears a voice, and that's why he rescues Alice because he was told to rescue yeah. her because the voice was irritating him. Mm. Yeah, God, it was Koltek. So when I first played this game back in 2003, I'm assuming, 2002, I knew it was a sequel to Kodeka. I tried to look up Kodeka. I could not find it at a local GameStop, or at least not for a price that I wanted to pay as a mm-hmm. as a guy with one job that worked six hours a week. Sure. So, But I, that game is not cheap, I don't think, now even. like, Oh yeah, no. no, it's not cheap at all. And it wasn't cheap then either. I mean, it probably wasn't expensive, but it was like $30, $40. Like, I wasn't going to spend that for a PS1 game at the time. <laughs> So I still uh, kick oh, myself for holding Sukadin 2 in my hands for like 20 bucks. And I'm like, I don't want to buy this. Oh, um, still got my copy here. It's <laughs> <sighs> worth, worth mentioning, too. Like, there are a couple of things. Like, Yuri is called a harmonixer. And, like, that's a whole plot point of, like, the people that can do these transformations. And his father was able to do that stuff. And that, and then, like, the whole thing with his father becoming Foxface and his historical relevance to the plot. His father was not in. Kadelka, was he? No, uh, no. Yuri wasn't in it. His father wasn't in it. It was the three characters that were going into the monastery, Kadelka, Edward and James, and Roger Bacon was there for reasons. But like the, the the way they go into the father's like past, it really seems like it's meant to be part of something else. Yeah, I think from reading an interview online that if they had the chance to make an actual Shadow Hearts 3 and not side story that From the New World was, it was going to be about Ben Hyuga and uh, his adventures before he became Foxface. So wait, you're telling me that From the New World wasn't their original plan? No. Oh, fuck. See, I would have been more invested had it been another one continuing something to do with this this story. 
Pepper Cobb. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But I, I love From the New World all the same. But uh, yeah, the idea was they were going to make Shadow Hearts 3 and it followed the you know, adventures of Yuri's father. I'm upset now. <laughs> From a game I played fucking like 15, God, 17, 18 years ago. Okay. What is what is the video game landscape if not littered with games and stories that sh- should be finished but are not? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Would have, should have, and could have. That's very fair. And this game did what um, I love about all RPGs that do is when you get near the end of the game and, and you, you end up getting to a point where you find out Roger Bacon's not Roger Bacon, Albert Simon. He's summoning and he summons up this monastery out of the fucking ground. It looks like his umbilical cord connected to Earth to summon an alien, which I like how the god is actually an alien. They're like, it's an alien that came to Earth once and people saw it as a god. And they're like, if an ant saw you as a human, wouldn't you be a god or something like that? I think it was a comment. Uh, yeah. I love that. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. that's very War of the Worlds. Um, yeah. I'm Can not entirely post- certain whether it is uh, the same monastery from Kadelka that he raises out of the ground, because I know you get to go into the ruins of the Nimartan monastery, I, I can't pronounce it, sorry, um, as one of the dungeons in Shadow Hearts, and just before you do, there's a gravestone there of Father James, one of the player characters from Kadelka. Oh! That's, mm, that's the moment where you meet actual Roger Bacon. And it goes into the, do you want to name this strange character screen? And whatever name you put in, he interrupts and says, no, you can't rename me. I'm Roger Bacon. Yes, that was great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Which is great because you can rename any of your characters, but then still in the end credits, it says, Alice did this. Jushen did this. <laughs> I don't rename anybody in any RPG. I don't. I, I always I don't like doing it. I like, I like having it being what the artist intended it to be. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that's the same monastery as Kodeka. Yes, yes, yeah. That's fucking cool. All right, you just raise this game up even another another <laughs> stack. Wow. Okay. The way in which <sighs> these games connect is something that, like I said, I could talk for hours about. Again, Shadow Hearts is a direct sequel. It's just called Shadow Hearts. <laughs> yeah, but it makes sense. I mean, I think in this day and age, it wouldn't have been an issue. Like people would have been like, "Oh yeah, just go play." But you know, back in then, it wouldn't have been something. You would easily know. I mean, someone must have told me that it was a sequel. Probably the guy at EB Games probably told me. Same <laughs> they guy tried to tell me Shadow Hearts. Volcar profile one time. Yeah, if they'd have put a colon in there, that would have annoyed me. <laughs> but maybe it was a thing of like SNK or Infogrames own the Cadelka license and they don't want to do that. And who knows? It does happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it was just more of like Kodeka probably didn't sell well. And so they're like, and it's, and it's not a name that would grab the attention of the American audience. Yeah. Or Shadow Hearts is more likely to grab the attention. Yeah, I can see that. You know, you casual buyer looking down the shelf and going, oh, I like RPGs with hearts at the end. Let's try this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kingdom Hearts already would have been out this time. But yes, that that would have worked for Covenant, not this game. Yeah, yeah. Kingdom Hearts is already out. Or no, Kingdom Hearts is later 2001, isn't it? It isn't too. Oh, wow. Okay, never mind then. My timing is way off. That's when I first got a PS2, by the way, was Kingdom Hearts. Because I was so excited to play a game with Squaresoft characters in it again. Cool. And then that series forgets where Square is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also really enjoy the side quests in this game that it has. Bef- like any good RPG, the world's going to end, and let's go do side quests. You have the dollhouse. We have to go- I love the dollhouse. That's fucking creepy. The dollhouse? Yes. Mm. What, you, what is this? Uh, that's I, where you get Alice's best this? weapon. The fucking flesh Bible. You didn't do this? Uh, can you explain more? Sure. You you go to you go to, you have to go back to one of the town the town where you first get Alice again in London. You talk to a guy and he says that his house is haunted or something and his something about his daughter. You go to this house and you end up having to like 
a doll. There's a, you get to a room full like blood written on the walls, and like this doll is watching you. And you talk to the doll a couple times, and it will attack you and fight a big monster. And this is in London. It's near London. I don't know if I did this or not. That sounds kind of familiar. But and then when you go back no? to the bar, and you t- the guy's gone, and you just find mm-hmm. a note where he was standing. He said thank you, and it turned out he was dead too. Mm. Oh, okay, I didn't do that then. So I, did a, get, I did a number of other things. Because every character has an ultimate weapon. That's how you get her ultimate weapon. Uh, Yuri's just through the stupid running around, running ten times, which I couldn't do. I did the one where you go to the special cavern, and you have to do the map. Okay, there's two of those. To, okay, I, I did the one that you go to, you, you talk on the phone with the guy, like, Earthbound. Remember, what you, I, I did, I know I did everything. I mean, there's the one, I know there's one where you do to get Zuzan's best weapon, there's one you do to get Haley's best weapon. I just I just really like that they had a they had an earthbound reference of just like yeah call call on the phone the only phone that exists in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh Kyle, what did you think of the side quest in the end of this game? Yeah, I liked them. It was kind of nice that um you got a little bit extra but they didn't really stretch the game out too long. I think close to the end after about 30 hours or so, I think it was getting a little stale on the combat for me personally. Um, so it was nice to kind of just have that quick, get a couple of weapons to wrap it all up. So, you know, I, I enjoyed the side quest, but I wouldn't say they were like a, a heavy or, or main point for me. Okay. There's also, did you guys do the one for Keith? We have to go fight the golden bat in six turns. Yes. No. Yeah. You go back to his castle and you go to the coffin You and there's a golden bat, which is actually his brother, which is in Covenant, by the way. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. And you don't see him in human form. You see a golden bat. And then you you have to fight. You have six turns. You have to do 700 points of damage. I had to level his ass up big time in order to get this to work. Mm. It's not an easy battle, that one. No. No. That's also why he was in the final team, because I went through all this work. I'm like, you're staying in the team. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) And I never got Marguerite's best weapon, because the guides didn't know what to do to activate. You have to have a couple arguing in a bar, and then you talk to them, then you can get it. And he didn't know what to do to activate that, and I didn't care enough to figure it out. I'm struggling to remember what I did to get Margaret's best weapon. I know where you get it. You get it in the same town where Alice's father was murdered in that church that's always locked. They go through the back door. But you have to do something to get them to... You have a couple up here that are arguing, then you go in the church. Is that in Rouen in France? Yes. Yeah, because, again, linked to the next game, that's where it begins. Um, still struggling. I, I can't remember doing anything like that, but I'm sure I must have, because I did get all of the uh, best weapons for all the characters. Okay, I didn't look it up because I didn't use Marguerite. Because characters don't level up when you don't use them, like an old RPG, which I really, really fucking hate, by the way. So <laughs> I don't if you were low level, I just didn't bother you at a certain point. You know, so a couple of things I'm reading about here real quickly. Uh, it seems like Kadelka was something it was a game that had English voice work in whatever mm-hmm. version of the game you were playing. This one did not. No. And, and in localization, Yuri's original name was Ermnoth. Yes, that does ring a bell. Um yeah, I can't think why that rings a bell, but it definitely does. I don't know if it's mentioned anywhere in the translated version, but that that does ring a bell. Okay. But, you know, Yuri was a little bit more Russian-sounding. So. Yeah, it's, it still works. But no, yeah, Kodeka has English voice art because it takes place in Wales, so they thought it made sense to have everything in, in English. Yeah. Where this game... put it in Welsh, but hey, dying <laughs> language. <laughs> yeah. Don't they speak English, too, though, in that area? I'd say about 90% of uh, the Welsh do speak English, but uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, Welsh pride 
and oh. uh, I appreciate that. I, I love the Welsh language. I think it's fascinating. I know a little bit of it because I was watching The Crown. Does that count? When they, when they had the <laughs> king. Oh, God, I think he's king now, finally. But, yeah, when he was in, because he was something with Wales. He was I'm, I'm, I'm American, so I don't know as much. <laughs> I'm English. I don't pay attention. Because <laughs> Wales, isn't Wales part of England, but not part of England? No, 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 no. Never, ever, ever say that. He's part oh. of the UK, but not part of England. Two separate oh, okay. countries. You would have <laughs> of the Welsh attacking you right now. <laughs> I should know. I mean, yeah, because United Kingdom was a couple different, a couple different areas, right? Yeah, England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. Okay, but uh, the only ones that uh, matter to Shadow Hearts are England and Wales. We haven't yet had anything in Scotland in the Shadow Hearts series, as far as I recall. Does it mean they go to Ireland and Covenant? I don't recall, if I'm honest. I'm pretty sure you go to Wales at the very start to. Again, go to see Roger Bacon at the ruins of the Nimatan Monastery. But I don't recall anything else. We'll find out. Maybe not next year, but we'll find out. I'm going to play it again anyway. It's one of my favorites. No, feel free. It will be on the show at some point. I just can't. I just don't know when. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I already got most of next year already written. <laughs> so and there's not room for another giant RPG. I got Xenogears. I got... <laughs> For the wild, 300, which has to be a big game. So, yeah. Birth we'll... by Sleep, Recoded, well, that's Change Out Distance, <laughs> Rechain of Memories. Yeah, <laughs> fucking card games. But I, I'm a sucker for card games. I've, I've found out more and more every day as Marvel Snap takes my money when I buy bundles. So, hey, I'm a sucker for card games. What can I say? <laughs> fucking Marvel Snap. <sighs> Great game, by the way. <laughs> And eventually the story kind of concludes where you go, you go to the monastery, and I thought that was a good dungeon. It really reminded me of the Black Omen from Chrono Trigger. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so oh, many bosses. You fight a lot of bosses in this place. Yeah, it's a boss yeah. rush. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that, because I could because what I would do is I would fight a couple bosses, I would save, I'd go leave, I'd go level up more, I'd go buy more items that I wouldn't need. Yeah. And I so I had no problem with it. I kind of enjoyed it. Oh, I have a question for Kyle. Since it's your first time playing this game, did you did you get the Amon Ra uh, summon, or did you miss it like me? No, I did get it. Um, oh, okay. So I, I mean, I followed a guide. I'm not even gonna lie, honestly, because I, I like to beat games like that. But yeah, I, I got everything in the game. Okay. See, I used the guide too, but my dumbass didn't read the part where it said go grab the destruction stone before you go in that door, and I said, "Oh, use the destruction stone." I'm like, wait, I didn't grab that. Uh oh. I did have to switch guides halfway through because the first one I followed was terrible, honestly. (laughs) I had a good one. I just, I was just kind of just playing along and didn't, and I missed that one item. And then after that, I was like, well, now I can't get the ultimate summon to do all these last things. So I'm like, well, fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of lock yourself out of the, uh, any summons, you lock yourself out of the uh, good ending. So yeah, I I tried to get the good ending, but it it didn't bother me. I mean, isn't yeah. the bad ending the actual, like, canon ending to this game anyway? Now, my specialist subject, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost there. So you, you get to the you get to the end, you, you go up to the monastery, you fight the boss rush, and you finally get to Albert Simon, the final guy you've been hunting down this entire game, and then he turns into, like, a demon monster, I think, and you fight him, and then as you kill him, he then, su- the alien god finally shows up, mm-hmm. which any good RPG, and you fight a giant fucking alien god which by the way one of the attacks that that enemy has is the ark of the covenant mm. so i appreciate that <laughs> can, we, can we talk about how weird and how chill albert simon is as a character sure, well like 
there's that one part where like you just approach him and then they, he's like, yeah, we're, we're not going to fight right now. We're just going to talk about stuff and then I'm going to go away and then we're going to be it's going to be back on after this. Or like the part where he's like flying in the air and he's like, oh, I'm going to go back to London and have have tea or whatever. It's like it's like what 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 personality is this? <laughs> English. <laughs> we do something. We have a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, but there's like it's interestingly conceived in that he has this derangement of like. I'm this evil guy that's going to summon a demon, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we're not going to fight right now. I don't really feel like it. Um, let's just have a talk real quick. Yeah, he's so chill. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of what, like an immortal being or something? Because he's not, he, I mean, he's definitely not human, Albert Simon. Or at least if he is, he's an enhanced human. He doesn't. Yeah, I think as some kind of immortal being, he's got all the time in the world. So, yeah, we'll fight later. I mean, you would, though. That's the whole thing. Like, if you look at Highlander or anything in, in that any science fiction or ha- or has thing that you're if you live forever, you wouldn't care. Time would have no meaning because, well, hey, to, to a real life scenario, when you have someone that's retired or something, time really has no meaning after a while because you just have time. It's yeah. so weird. We don't have to work every day. Then, then why fight Yuri on the train? Because he wanted the girl. Him. Yuri was in his way. Hmm. Was he, though? In, in the yeah. end of the game, you're not he's not in your way because he's won. In his eyes, he's won. He's fair completed enough. what he wanted to do. I think that's how he sees it. Yeah, fair and enough. He's pretty much Yuri summoned the god. Like the, the first punch on the train, so... The god's coming. Like, the god is on his way here. You already lost. All I'm doing is procrastinating. Yeah. That's how I take it. Because you do fight the god after you beat him. You yes. fight the god. Yeah. Okay, no, it's him that does the Ark of the Covenant move. The god doesn't, but... It's a very cool moment to have like this fucking like you get transported somewhere else and you fight a freaking alien god. It's just such a cool moment. It's how all games should finish. I mean, a lot of RPGs do end up with you fighting god. So true. (laughs) Xeno gears. You fight a god pretty much. That's not a god. Like, I mean, it's not uncommon in games. It's also, I mean, this one it worked where it worked for me that the final boss, what you know, even though it's not the guy you've been hunting, it's something that he summons. I'm okay with it. It's better than all of a sudden. You're chasing after some guy named Kuja the whole game, and all of a sudden you end up fighting this random boss. You go, what the hell? What? Where, who are you? This was a much better version of. It. I always yeah. will insult FF9 for that one because Necron comes out of nowhere. I never what? got to the end of nine. So. Nowhere. So I haven't played nine in a long time. Nine's a great game, by the way. I love eight. I like seven quite a bit. Never played nine. Nine's good. Eight's eight's really good too. Actually, play the remaster of eight, then you can enjoy it without any of the side effects of playing the game. So. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I play eight as level one character. No, I do not. I don't fight. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The the sad thing is that is the right way to play FF8, by the way. I just just wish that wasn't true. Magic to draw, and then that's it. (laughs) Uh, I played FF8 for the show for episode 224 because I messed up with numbers. It was supposed to be 225. (laughs) But go play that. I mean, or go play the. I played the remastered, and that game let me put a god mode in with the two thumbsticks, and it was just fucking great. And times three. So, yeah, that's the way to play FF8, by the way. And just enjoy the story. Mm-hmm. So also Briefly. with this game, which we haven't, two couple things I want to finish up on is one, you can upgrade your weapons. We talk about the acupuncture guy, which has the, the the stupid scenes, but you can upgrade your weapons and make the ring smaller and your attack power bigger, and then increase the ring size too. Also, the enemies in this game are very like Lovecraftian. I think we, I know we mentioned one of us mentioned earlier, and they're they're they're. I mean, hell, one of me is a fucking dick hanging out. Like it, I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's just hilarious, and it just works. Oh, clip that as a trailer for this episode. <laughs> I could. <laughs> but you guys that are just, just like upside games, down in the air. 
I like when RPGs do yeah. shit like that. I really do. I appreciate like hell Persona Four. I remember when I was playing that for the first time. You get to a fucking BDS- BDSM enemy essentially, where it has like the woman is like all like has a whip and is like sitting on top of men and has like latex. I'm like, okay, you got me, game. Like I love <laughs> when RPGs do that. Yeah, it was the uh, spider with the legs made out of fingers in Shadow Hearts that always creeped me out. Years before Elden Ring did the same thing and creeped me out again. I just really appreciate that. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it because this is, in my opinion, this is a, this is close because I always try to do big episodes for the two hundred for the fifty twenty five fifty seventy five mark. I always try to do RPGs, and to me, this felt like a good like horror type game. Yeah, because the enemies, because the bosses, and well, the theme. I want to give praise to the dungeon design as well. Uh, sure. Dungeons are greatly paced. There's not a ton of puzzling, but there are puzzle-ish moments. It's not complicated, but it's there. Yeah. And then you do it, and you have a few rooms, and you're on your way. They're not very long dungeons either. No. And the game kind of makes you, like, you for a while, you can't really grind either. Like, we were, like I was kind of mentioning earlier, like, it's hard to because you're only in dungeons for a little while, then you're off on your own again. Right. You have to choose if you want to grind. You better grind now. Which I liked and didn't like at the same time. But <laughs> you can also cheese the final boss, which I know what the, the guy told me to do, but I didn't. Where you can oh. you, you get different items in the game where you can if you know the judgment ring really well, you can do things that lengthen the amount of space so you can put some of the items on and just make Yuri attack nonstop. Oh. And just massacre the boss. I did not do that, but I didn't do that on my first playthrough, but I did on my most recent playthrough. It's fun <laughs> to just wail on him. Yeah, that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> you you did it the right way. That's how the game recommends you to do it too, though. Like yeah. at least the, not the game, maybe not the game, but the guy. I mean, the tools are all there. Yeah, as I've gotten older in my life, I finally realize I shouldn't save all my potions on the last boss because I'm not going back. So yeah, I used literally every third, fifth, and seventh key I had on the last three bosses. Right there with you. <laughs> I didn't use any of them, but that was because I didn't want to. Not that I couldn't. I just I, I did use a lot of items. I bought a ton of fucking items for the final boss. I used some, but not all. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way too. I, I like to hoard stuff and not use it. Oh, I'm exactly the same way. Give me everything I can get. Oh, Give small, me 15 of every item. Small spoiler, but I completely forgot this. But I was clicking things, so I'm going to mention it. Dominic, you know who Anastasia is in history, right? Yes. Okay. That that plays a part in in Shadow Hearts too. I'm just going to leave it there. Anastasia is my favorite Disney princess movie. <laughs> You're going to love Shadow Hearts Covenant. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. She's involved in that game. Let's just say that. Yes. I, I am I'm very greatly interested. Yeah. In much <laughs> the same way that Al Capone and Elliot Ness are involved in From the New World, Anastasia is involved in Covenant. What an upgrade from Roger yeah. Bacon to... <laughs> you have... Shat... Man, I really want to play Shadow Heart Covenant now, damn it. <laughs> I bought my copy. I got so much stuff in the list. Oh, man, if I played stuff out of, if I just played stuff randomly at this point, like especially an RPG, oh man, I, I wouldn't get done. You have no time. <laughs> no, but I actually love it, to be honest. The only time I cursed myself was for the next game that I'll be talking about next week. I cursed myself a few times, not be- because I was playing that damn game and I didn't want to, but. Oh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't. It was a twenty. It was over a twenty-year goal for young Mike to finish that game, and now I can finally say that thirty-five-year-old Mike beat that fucking game and yes. will never ever play it again in my life. <laughs> Congratulations! Mm-hmm. Well played. Yeah, but you hear about? I'll, I'll mention that later. Uh, any last thing you guys want to say about Shadowheart before we go into questions, comments, or memories? Play it twice. 
(laughs) It's a good game, honestly. I think we really hit on a couple times. The Lovecraftian story is a lot different than what you're going to get at the time, and I think it works really well, honestly. I I posted this to five groups because I didn't expect to get a lot of comments. I did, so I will read what I can. But first, from the I watched the entire Old Blood Super replay, I got one comment from Quentin Crow. I was still new to the JRPG genre when this first released, so I had a hard time getting through it. But damn, am I glad for sticking it through because the sequel is one of my most favorite games ever. Yes. <laughs> and from the, of the covenant, from the official Laser Time community, from John Silverman, he said, "I love this game." And <laughs> from Jordan Kelly, I absolutely love the entire trilogy. Covenant is a masterpiece and my top five favorite RPG of all time. I'm so excited for Penny Blood. Make sure to kickstart it. What is Penny yes. Blood? Uh, that's the new game by the makers of. Uh, Shadow Hearts, the mind oh. behind it. They have kickstarted this game, Penny Blood. Uh, they did a double kickstarter together with another game that I can't remember the name of, but it was the work of, uh, sorry, the work of the people that made Wild Arms and they're making a spiritual successor to that. So oh, nice. double kickstarter, spiritual successors to that's the one. The spiritual successors to Shadow Hearts and Wild Arms. What's not to love? Oh, I've never played Wild Arms early. Neither have I. I mean, Wild Arms 4 was the first game XSEED localized in North America. Uh, This uh, from the New World was the second one. Mm. Yeah, 3 is really fun, honestly. Yeah, Wild Arms. Oh, definitely. The the only Wild Arms game that I've actually finished is Wild Arms 4. I've played them all, love them, uh, especially number 2, which we didn't get here in the Power Regions. But uh, the only one I actually got to the end of was Wild Arms 4. And I don't know what it was about that game. It just it just kept me hooked right to the very end. And when that final cutscene played, I, I seem to remember just standing up and applauding. It was nice. that good. Yeah, for, for me, Wild Arms is always the music. Really kept me going. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, though, what did you guys think about the music in this one? Shadow Hearts. Again, Yasunori Mitsuda can do no wrong. So, yeah, yeah. fantastic music all the way through. Like I said earlier, especially that final boss theme. That is that is a masterpiece. You know what it is, but I I, I went back and listened to a couple of them on the way because on the show I do we you know pick music and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, yeah. the battle theme just I could not get into it in any way, shape, or form. Was that just the time frame when everyone in the world was into Gregorian chanting and like <laughs> that's what we ended up doing? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Mitsuda's weakness is probably his battle themes. Mm. It's it's the ooh that's going on in the background the whole time. And, yeah. you know, there's obviously that era, like you say, where there was a lot of ooh, a lot of chanting. And then, of course, Persona 3 broke the mold by having baby, 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 baby. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's taking it in a whole different direction. <laughs> but no, I, I, I do like the music in this. I, yeah. I would love to get a soundtrack CD of Shadow Hearts. I don't know if there is one. Probably is, but I'd love to have that in my collection. There actually is a CD for Suguna Atonement. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. It's of it's a dedicated, it's like a standalone CD release, apparently. Oh, I need to find this. That's that's incredible. The more I'm finding out about this game, the more I want to actually sit and play it now. <laughs> All right. And I have a few more from the... RPG Lovers Worldwide Unite Group. First one from Jonas Kretzer. PSA, complete Codeca before starting Shadow Hearts. <laughs> Too late for that. Oops. Yeah. Shadow Hearts is a direct sequel to Codeca, and if you skip Codeca, you'll miss out on the best parts in Shadow Hearts. Will you miss out? Mm, maybe. No, you won't. Well, you won't know it, I guess. No, you wouldn't know. Like I say, seeing the gravestone of 
uh, James O'Flaherty just outside the Neverton Monastery just won't mean anything to you if you haven't played Kadelka. But if you have, you'll stand there and shed a little tear. And from William Reig, this guy who the guy who made this game is making a new game, which we just talked about. Yeah, which is really cool. I'm I'm always happy when people do that. When developers, especially now in today's market, it makes me happy they're able to. That's why I do think the market's going to change in the next few years. I, I don't think AAA is going to can keep going. No, I think you're right, and I think a lot of games are going to. There's going to be a shift at some point because at the moment it feels like every other game I'm playing is Dark Souls. I mean, I'm playing Rise <laughs> of P at the moment, and it's it's Bloodborne. And, you know, that's going to get stale eventually, just like turn-based RPGs got stale in the mid-2000s and nobody was buying them, nobody was playing them, nobody was making them. So, you know, maybe the next thing to happen is going to be turn-based RPGs again, because right now, I'm generalizing, of course, but every other game seems to be either Dark Souls or a strategy RPG. There are a lot of those. Oh, speaking of strange strategy RPGs, and this fits. Either any of you guys heard of the game called Operation Darkness for 360? I have heard of it. Heard of it. It's a it's a turn based strategy RPG that takes place during World War II. I'm interested. And you fight werewolves and stuff. I'm very interested. The only reason I know of it, Kyle, is because our mutual friend Brad was playing it at one time. Oh, that's fair. I'll have to ask him about it. <laughs> he might not remember because this was a long fucking time ago, but Ooh, I do. It's own an it. Atlas published game. Yeah. So, Incidentally, on the subject of uh, strategy RPGs, have you played Chaos Wars on the PS2? Ah, nice. Never heard of that. Chaos Wars is, I've got it on the shelf right here. It's a strategy RPG, and uh, I think it's a crossover one with lots of different characters from lots of different franchises, but Yuri and Alice are playable in it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and so is uh, and in the cover I see three people from Covenant. Not in the cover, but in the in the game itself. Yeah, or somewhere. Okay, it's not one I, I played, it. but it is on the shelf waiting to be played. It's in my collection, in a version of my cl- in my digital collection. Yeah, two games. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. I'm pretty sure. I just love recommending things to people. That's the Grand Legacy and Chaos Wars now. <laughs> I think that's that's one thing I like about doing on the show too. Is because okay, for example, <laughs> we're off top, but who cares? Uh, somebody had recommended that I play the game Lake years, God, like over over two years ago, and I've been thinking about it. I own it. I'm going to one day. It's going to be on the show as a mini. I'm just going to make myself play it because I've been so excited to play it for over a year to two. So yeah, I love when people recommend stuff like the Grand Legacy. You recommended I. It's only 37 hours to beat us in how long, so that means probably 35. Yeah, as do how, how did you like Chaos Wars with the? Uh, did you play the English version? I didn't play it. I no. still haven't played it. I've got the uh, NTSC American version in my uh, collection on my shelf, but I still haven't got around to it yet. The uh, the vocalization is very infamous. I've okay. heard about the voice acting. I hear it's terrible. <laughs> you know, there's just there's just so many good PS2 games that existed. Oh yeah, that people just don't know about. Like yeah. as a guy who I consider myself at this point, you know, kind of a, a pretty big video game like knowledge person. I didn't know what this was. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I have it in my digital collection, but like, I didn't know it exists. Like I just didn't really know anything of it. I just grabbed it because well, it was there <laughs> and I try to have a, a nice collection just in case yeah. the, the internet decides to make stuff disappear. So <laughs> yep. yeah. that's, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But that's always one of my fears that someday that will happen. But mm-hmm. I think it's online. A, it's a, not a real fear because anything you put online does not go away from online, by the way. So <laughs> uh, from, like this podcast will never stop existing, even if I do. So we'll still be there somewhere. From Alistar Abernathy, I tried to get into this at the wrong time. A close friend back then lent me this game, all excited, telling me I would love it. 
I have other RPGs I was playing at the time, like Star Ocean until end of time and some others. And because of this, I've never, ever played past four hours of Shadow Hearts. Maybe someday. You should if you listen to this episode. No, we spoiled yeah, it. Still. That can always be the worry, isn't it? That's the reason I never got into Star Ocean until the end of time, which, again, lots of people have told me I'd love. If you can get through to the end of time, you can get through this game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've never played to the I own to the end of time, actually. I've never. I've only really played Second Story quite a bit. I never finished it, though. They're remaking that. Remake. Yeah. I know. That's very exciting. Still want to play the original one all the way through, though. It is great. Suggest doing it. I I played that game all the way through, got to the final boss, and I couldn't beat him. And I never went back. (laughs) One day. One day I'm going back. But no, the remake looks really cool. I mean, is it really even a remake or more? Of a, well, I guess yeah, it's a remake. Yeah, it's like a full redo, isn't it? Yeah, with the like kind of yeah, it looks really. I might have like it. like second evolution was like the remaster-ish mm-hmm. version, and now they're doing like the full on. So happy that series still exists, Star Ocean. Like it, that, it hasn't just fell away off the face of the earth. Yeah, they keep they trying. Fan. <laughs> I've never beaten any of them. <laughs> I've been meaning to play one for so many years, but just hasn't happened yet. That speaks to your integrity and faithlessness. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Someday. Very good. <laughs> Someday it will happen. I keep saying, hey, because of this podcast, I have played a lot of games that I would never have played in my life. Because RPGs are hard to get to. Yeah. So, But I'm, hey, the good news is I'm finding more people that like RPGs, so there's more often they're going to happen on this podcast. If I can find tributes and volunteers, I'm more likely to do something. So, mm. All right, read a few more from Ruben Smith. I love Shadow Hearts Covenant way better. <laughs> Uh, from Juja Mazumri. It was a very good RPG. I should replay it. Stumbled across the title because of Kodeka game. It was kind of related to it, although Kodeka was very different to Shadow Heart. Yeah, from- the, in terms of the battle system, yeah, it's more of a grid-based battle system rather than straight-up turn-based. Yeah. But yeah, I can see that. From Alexander Kirchner, one of the most bittersweet stories, favorite with a great second game where everything fits together, even if it has more or less open ending. So enjoyable, mostly interesting, and damn, why isn't it in PlayStation PS2 Classics yet? Because nobody knows who owns the rights to it. <laughs> is that what yeah. it is? I think it's owned by a, one of these big groups that assimilated groups, and which in turn assimilated other groups. And okay. I assume well, that the, they've tried to get the rights back and just can't. Well, who, own, who owns Aruze? Aruze is owned by, it's now Universal Entertainment Corporation. Universal, yeah. Which is an own publisher in Japan. Um, uh, they're probably making pachinko machines. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we so should they, talk about. Yeah, they, they know they are a pachinko maker. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but right. they were like, they were like one of the OG pachinko makers, apparently. Oh, great! <laughs> it all circles back. <laughs> hey, you can make a lot of money off gambling and, hanging, and taking people's money. So hey, apparently so. <laughs> I mean, you can. As a guy who's been to casinos and hates it, you can make a lot of money off people. <sighs> I can't gamble, by the way, in anything. Oh, Aruze just wanted the bankruptcy in February. Oh, oh. okay. So, I mean, someone else can buy the damn rights then. Or do the rights go out in the ether then? Ooh, well, no, man. it would be liquidated. If you go to bankruptcy, all your things would be liquidated eventually. So, yeah, the rights could the rights could show up somewhere for someone to buy. Because this is the same company that owns Mr. Do. The hell is Mr. Do? The arcade game? Never heard of it. Oh, it's 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 one. Of, it's a pretty big arcade game, I thought. It could be. I don't go to. I don't like arcade stuff a lot. Sure. Again, anyway, feels like <laughs> we should talk about the ending. I think I forgot to mention that because I ran out because I went on to this part. Ian, you're probably the best one to describe the ending. Right. So <laughs> the ending of Shadow Hearts, or should I say both endings of Shadow Hearts, 
are considered canon because uh, you're meant to play your first playthrough and get the bad ending. The follow-up, Covenant, starts right at the end of Shadow Hearts 1, following on from the bad ending. Uh, am I safe to say what happens in the ending? Yeah, no, feel free. All right, in the bad ending, Alice sacrifices herself to save Yuri and dies. And so Yuri at the start of the second game is in a state of frenzy, is in a state of berserk. He's holed himself up in a church in Rouen, and that's where uh, Karen finds him, another of the uh, protagonists of Covenant. Then you're meant to play through Covenant, and your actions in that one, or your choice at the end, can lead to a time loop sending Yuri back to the train at the start of Shadow Hearts 1 with the opportunity to save Alice. And there is the good ending. I have no interesting get that okay. strudel stirring around in the noodle that is some <laughs> real real heavy stuff and the way they show that she dies is that they're sleeping on a train together yuri and alice and alice just doesn't wake up that's right yeah, yeah. and then in the good ending she does she didn't wake up my i'm gonna read a few more in this group because i got too many and i need to wrap this up from uh, Luke D, Shadow Hearts Covenant, the sequel is even better. If you want the full story, you need to play Codeca on PS1. Even Shadow Hearts 3 is good, but it does not have the great gothic vibe of the others. Yes. Uh, from uh, Philip Lewis, one of my favorite game franchises. From Monique Seegers, I played these games again half a year ago. Shadow Hearts is one of my favorite RPGs back in the day. You know, it's amazing to me how much love for this series there is. And it's all coming down to people sharing their love for it on social media now. Like I say, anytime anyone posts on anything Shadow Hearts related, there's always a few comments say, oh, I love that series. And I so, did not. It's so good to see. Like I posted in three RPG groups. Here's another one I got to read a few from RPG Sanctuary. Mm. Uh, from Derek Hopkins, I wish they would. Come to the PS Collection. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's so sad it, it hasn't, but again. To make an HD collection. I'd buy it so again. Yeah. Uh, Josh Beaton, one of my favorite games of all time, along with the second one, uh, from Patrick. It's funny, say, funny, same from me. I said I saw the cover, and that's why I bought it. I saw the cover, saw the price was decent, was okay. Let me give it a swing. Loved it. Still love it. Is it, So it's Spooktober, so I'm going to do a Kodeka, Shadow Hearts, Covenant, and New World playthrough. So nice. awesome to see so many Shadow Hearts fans. Yes. From Brian Roberts, great game. Uh, Nathan McCann, lots of fun. The unusual setting was a big part of the charm. The sequel is even better. Mm-hmm. From Christopher Cronus, perverted, emotional, but one of the best RPGs in the PS2, which is seriously underrated. What was that first bit there? Perverted, but emotional. Perverted. <laughs> it's not wrong. It is perverted yeah. to start with. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. From Dwayne Davis, I played the entire trilogy in order of greatness. I say the second is clearly the best. The first one is second with a third coming in last. Not many people like the third one, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Here's a good one from Josh Weeks. The character models are absolutely nasty and awful. I think it's a fine game with major teenage perversion, but it's still fun to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Right. Here's a good one from Ryan Evans. Sadly, never got to play the first one. I ordered off GameStop 10 years ago and they sent me Shadow the Hedgehog instead. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, man. You you ordered a great game and you got a piece of shit. You ordered a horror game. You got horrific. Hey, also on this podcast, by the way, if you want to hear what we thought about Shadow the Hedgehog, <laughs> it wasn't good. Mm. Uh, okay, from Justin Parrish, same here. Saw the cover and said, why not? Loved it ever since. All right, and I'm going to read the last group, the RBG Collective. I did not expect this many people to comment, by the way, when I first posted <laughs> wow. this. There is there's, more, there's a lot more I'm not reading. I just can't read them all because I don't want to be here that long. From Justin Taylor, I remember taking a chance on the game based on the cover and 
absolutely loving it. Like you said, great time period for a game that most don't touch upon and mm. just cool different fighting system and story to follow as well. Uh, from Joanna BP, I got this game by chance. Was a get get two for this much kind of deal. The other game was Crash Bandicoot: The Wrath of Cortex. I barely played it because this one took all my time. I loved it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Wrath of Cortex is not a good game. If I remember right, but I never played it. <laughs> I don't know. From William Riley. Oh, this brings back memories. I loved it, man. That was a long time ago. <laughs> from Nicholas Zaleski. I mean, it's not forgotten. One of the most well-known cult classics in RPG history. So my memory is that it was a well-known game that everyone played. I guess. Well, if you say cult classic, I think that usually kind of, I, I consider, I kind of want to talk about this. I consider Shadow Hearts more unknown game. I don't think, before I posted in this group, I really didn't realize how many people love this series. Yeah, there's a lot of love out there for it. But it, yeah. also to me, it's kind of a forgotten series in the terms of it doesn't exist anymore. There are no new games. You can't play the old games anymore. They never ported to PC. They never, it's stuck on the PS2. That's the main problem. We're stuck three generations ago. There hasn't been a new entry in the series since, what, 2005? You know, it is lost to history, really, unless somebody gets their finger out and makes that HD collection that really needs to happen. I mean, if you think about it, 2005, we're in 2023 at the time of this recording. Like, Mm. that's a lot of years between each other. Like, that's 17, 18 years. That's 18 years. I mean, that's a long time. And yet I'm still hopeful because... In this day and age, there are companies out there like Night Dive, you know, who are actually looking through old games and bringing them back, trying to work out that red tape of who owns the rights to whatever. They brought back the Blade Runner point and click that I thought was, you know, forgotten since 1998. So anything's possible in my eyes. I just hope someone gets around to Shadow Hearts soon. And last comment I'm going to read from Grace Bluestone. Still my favorite creepy game. I'm going to read one more from Brian Burnett. Kodeka was the first RPG I ever played. Used to stay up late with my brother and played super excited for the spiritual successor to the theories that they are working on right now. Yes. All right. And I think I'm going to give away a code before we go on to our last segment. So if you're still listening, I'm going to give a code away for let's see what random shit I have that I don't want or not. I don't want, but I already own. (laughs) That's the correct way to say it. We'll give away Calico, which is actually like a life. It's like a sim game with cats. I'm pretty sure that's Calico. Uh, this is a Steam code for Calico. The code is V-L-W-J-W-8-J-5-E-K-D-X-2-L-Y. And that is your code for Calico. All right. I, I buy fanatical bundles and I get so many damn codes and I'm like, I got to give these away. So that's what happens. That's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I try to do it. I just do it in the regular episodes and, and I have so many damn codes. I'm getting there. So, <laughs> all right. Now bring us to our last segment, Shelf Stack or Box. And Ian, what about you? Uh, I think it's fairly obvious what my impression, impression yes. of this game is. My copy of Shadow Hearts is on my shelf right behind me right at this moment. So <laughs> with its uh, NTSC counterpart, because I've got two copies of this game as well. Um, Very nice. <laughs> So, yeah, I definitely proud it, proudly display it on my shelf. Okay. And what about you, Dominic? I want to say shelf, uh, but I feel like if I play Covenant and love it more, I mean, it's going to go on the stack. I don't know. <laughs> they can we'll both be see. shelved. You can enjoy it. It can be. We, we'll, we'll have to see where it goes. But I'm on shelf for now. Okay. And we can't change it because the guy that's keeping track for me, Richard Sampson, would be upset if you change anything because then he had to go through this. Use an Excel sheet somewhere to keep track of all this for me. It'll be the bookend of the shelf. How about that? (laughs) 
And I'll go next. I'm going to put this on the shelf, too. I, I love this game back in back in the early 2000s when I played it. I really had a great time playing this again, even without safety. That couldn't be a dirty, dirty cheat. And I still had a great time. So, you know, that's saying something right there. I'll go on the shelf, and I'm really glad to finally have played it. All right. And what about you, Kyle? You know what? I am also going to go shelf. Um, first time player, I had a really good time with the game. I thought it was really well paced, uh, enjoyed my time with it. And the more I talk about it, honestly, the more I do want to try the other games that I haven't. So, yeah, I'd, I'd put this on the shelf. All right. Okay, and if you want to, and next week, to the final main episode, Spooktober, you get to hear us talk about Resident Evil Code Veronica. The true number three of Resident Evil, even though I know people don't believe me in that, but fucking true. That game is a step up. Mm-hmm. Can't believe you played two Resident Evil games this Spooktober. Yeah, yeah, me either. Code Veronica wasn't my choice. Code Veronica was one of my uh, one of my good friend of the show who's on the show quite damn often. Blair Farrell really wanted me to do Code Veronica, so I'm like, okay, well, it was actually going to be Re- Revelations too, but <laughs> <laughs> the Resident Evil also, but not Code Veronica. So it was his idea for me to play it, and I'm like, well, yeah, I should. So that's all that happened. But you'll hear all about that next week, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, but at least I got to have a moment where when I beat a game, I I just felt so accomplished. So and that is a nice feeling. And Kyle, why don't you, since it's the first time you show, what what kind of podcast? I didn't even know you had a podcast, so we just started talking earlier. <laughs> uh, what kind of podcast is it? Yeah, so uh, I'm on the RPG show, uh, not my original podcast. I joined about a year and a half ago. Um, they do... Used to be a lot of old school JRPGs, getting into some newer ones now because we've gone over a lot of stuff. But um, Chained Echoes, like we got to see a stars coming up, uh, Trails of Azure, Trails to Zero, a lot of stuff like that. So uh, swing on by again. It's the RPG dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Come on over. Uh, episodes are a little long. Not as short as this one, just in case. But uh, but it's good. Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, you were I see you weren't on the show yet in 2020. They did Cthulhu Saves Christmas. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I joined uh, Triangle Strategy was my first episode, I, I believe. Okay, that's a you know, Cthulhu Saints Christmas is actually a good game. People do not yeah. realize that that is a decent game. It really is. I really enjoyed it. We played it on the show not too long ago. Definitely recommend that game. Oh, and yeah, they did a lot of episodes on that. Damn, they have a good website too. Mm-hmm. I don't have a website. I have Podbean. You can go find everything I've done on Podbean. <laughs> It's all fun. I, I, I want a real website, but I don't want to pay to make a website when I just pay Podbean. I'm like, well, you can it, it give me a website, so it works. And Dominic, where can people find you at? I am on the Dissonant Waves podcast on YouTube. We do not have a web. Well, we do have a website, dissonantwaves.space. I have no idea that's been updated at all recently. We mostly just focus on the YouTube and our Twitter at Dissonant Waves, if you must know. <laughs> hey, Twitter is still around for now. I think Twitter will make it out of 2023. I just don't think it'll make it out of 2024. Because I think once you start charging people that, you know, to get rid of the bots. Yeah, that's when Twitter's done. So, yeah, yeah, not get rid of the bots because you made a stupid business decision because you were being an idiot. So, and Ian, where can people find you at? Uh, I write occasionally for thepixels.com. That's the-pixels.com. And uh, if you like the sound of my voice, and why would you? Uh, I occasionally appear on uh, podcasts like this one and A Gamer Looks at 40 and Magecast, but mostly I'm over on uh, Twitter X for now, uh, usually spouting nonsense into the ether about gaming, collecting, and usually shadow hearts. Good. Actually, that's how I, I knew uh, Phoebe, friend of the show, I've been on the show many times, had like, oh, she's like, you need that TB Fury. I'm like, okay. So I am so time. grateful to Phoebe for putting my name forward for this. <laughs> I really, really need to thank. Her. So it's all thanks to her. 
She's awesome. Yeah. Hoshi will hear this months later after we record this because she's behind on the show. Because I'm you have a great pacing to your show releases. <laughs> Every couple days you get an episode. And the and the and my whole theory or my whole like idea with this is that you will always get something. So because I I'm gonna go on a bit of rant, but <laughs> there's like a podcast I listen to all the time, uh, Geek Box. They used to be weekly podcasts, they're now bi-weekly podcasts, which I don't like, but nah, their choice. And at one point, whenever the new breaking not breaking bad, uh Saul. Better Call Saul show came out. They would like a whole episode talking about Better Call Saul. I didn't care about Better Call Saul. And I was upset because like, I want to listen to these guys talk every week. And I wasn't really able to enjoy the episode because I don't care about Better Call Saul. So my theory was that I'll release three episodes a week on different topics. So there'll be something for you, hopefully, every week. I mean, yes, there's movies or comics. There's We do all sorts of different things. But I, that's always been kind of become my goal is that you'll find idea. something. Mm. So I don't know if that works. But people are listening to the show. And the show has been going on now for almost five years. So, yeah. You can find everything we do on Podbean. Our entire catalog is there. There are 500 episodes of the show. We're getting actually close to 600. Uh, we've been going for 250 weeks. Give myself time back. Uh, for that, we haven't missed a week yet. I like to say that whenever I get to the 50 marks because I can. So, <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> show proud takes, of that, uh, my show takes a couple months off to reset because I don't know. I, I don't know how you do it Smart. with all the editing and stuff, but uh, I, I need a break after editing all my shows. <laughs> I eat and breathe, gave my mom thought, okay, like, that's my wife, she can tell you. So, and she calls it my mistress, the podcast, so, <laughs> not that wrong. That's fair. Mm. <laughs> you can go find all that out. If you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon, little dog vote in our Patreon polls. We have polls every month right now as a Halloween, or horror movies Mike hasn't seen, go check that out. There's, you can go vote for movies, and then it comes on the show. Uh, we have a Discord, please join our Discord, chat with us, you'll see the link in the show notes. We always need more people to join that, so, please do. And, Want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hastry. You'll see her link tree in the show notes, all her links to her different stuff. Definitely go check her out. She's TikTok famous. Definitely go check her out. Uh, and then I also, please check out A Gamer Looks at 40 with Bill Tucker. He's been in the show many, many times. Uh, he does his own podcast where he just interviews people. It's a very wholesome show. Definitely go listen to him. Very good show. And also want to shout out Nomads of Fantasy. Uh, they do mostly movies, some games, but also another, another podcast to add to your routine to look. They're very good. I'm on the show off and on, so definitely go check them out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, and YouTube. Audio only, but we are on YouTube. And subscribe, like us wherever you get us. It helps out the show a lot. Helps out the algorithms and makes me happy when I see Spotify have more reviews every so often. So go do that. And that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.